Welcome to the audiobook podcast of Turing Test, book one of the AI Diaries trilogy. This is E.M. Foner, and you can contact me through Facebook or through my author website, ifitbreaks.com. Chapter 17 I checked the internet for media coverage of the Davos press conference after returning from library, and the ceremonies had concluded with the hanker lander ascending into the sky with its typical pyrotechnic display. The hankers must have been disappointed to discover that most of Switzerland's gold reserves were actually held in Canada and Britain, but they graciously accepted the few hundred metric tons on hand as a down payment. When the lander lifted off with all of that gold on board, human scientists finally figured out that the rockets were just for show. I texted all of my team members to schedule a late meeting in order to welcome back Kim and to discuss the situation. Then I obeyed the proverbial advice to let sleeping dogs lie, stepped over Spot, and headed back upstairs. The restaurant was full with the regular Sunday evening crowd. Ebeth and Helen were in the process of eliminating the final dungeon boss, and Sue was working behind the bar with Donovan. I had been gone for nearly seven hours. Paul keeps calling on the bar phone, Ebeth said, without even turning her head. Thanks, I told her. I pulled out my phone, which had finally figured out it was back in the right part of the galaxy, and started downloading missed messages. The first one was from Paul, and read, Don't use your phone. He couldn't have been referring to the phone hardware, which had been with me the whole time, so he must have suspected some sort of bugging at the cellular towers. I removed the phone's battery and contacted him over our private network. We've been made, he said. Do you mean that in the mafia sense, I asked? I thought being made was a good thing. There's made and then there's made. This is the bad kind, meaning the hankers are on to us. I considered breaking off the conversation and going to see him face-to-face for infrared communications, but I remained confident that the encryption on our channel was beyond anything the hankers could hack in real time. The network of repeaters Paul had installed around town would also make triangulation a challenge, and I had faith he would see the hankers coming before they could surprise us. How did you find out, I asked. Steve Burchamp does the landscaping for the mall and brings me his equipment for repair. He stopped in today to pick up a plow truck that I fixed after one of his guys clipped a curb, and he told me that the new owners of the mall had been in contact to say that his services are no longer required. Who fires their plow guy in the middle of winter? Somebody with their own plow service, I suggested? It was a rhetorical question, Mark. There were shell companies involved on both sides, but I dug through half of the databases in the world this afternoon, and it turns out that the mall was bought by the hankers. It's like getting a dead fish wrapped in a newspaper. You mean they're sending us a message, I asked, noting we were back on familiar godfather ground. With an occupancy rate under 20%, the hankers sure aren't buying the mall as an investment. Their lander already finished unloading the Swiss gold to their mothership and is returning to Earth later tonight. I don't think they could know about Sue's daycare, but she may want to implement her exit plan just in case. I'm guessing that the mall was the biggest piece of cheap real estate on the local market the hankers could find on short notice. They'll probably land in the parking lot. Thanks, I said. See you at the meeting. I beckoned Sue over. You may want to pour yourself a drink and activate your alcohol simulation, I told her. She followed my instructions, at least as far as the drink was concerned, reaching for the top-shelf scotch. Then she poured a stiff one, downed it, and poured another, looking more angry than nervous. Is this it? she demanded. Everything has a beginning and an end, I told her. Paul has... What does Paul have to do with it? she interrupted. Is he your keeper? What? No, he just called me about the mall. You're not breaking up with me? Sue asked. 
No, I'm not. Where are you getting this stuff from? Ebeth? What? Ebeth called over from her stool. I wasn't talking to you, I said irritably. Sometimes I hate verbal communications. Sue looked guiltily at her expensive drink. I only chose this for revenge. I don't really like drinking. Should I pour it back in the bottle? No, have it. Or give it to me. I've never tasted the stuff. It really was an interesting drink, and I activated my internal mass spectrometer to determine the exact chemical composition. I once recovered some data for a man whose grandfather was a doctor back during Prohibition. The doctor had access to medicinal alcohol, and he would mix it with tea and then pass it off on his friends as smuggled scotch. Maybe I could do something similar and save a bundle. Are you running the alcohol simulation, Sue asked? I can't. We have an important meeting in an hour. But it was okay for me to drink. I'll remind you to sober up before it starts. Listen, I said, glancing around to see if anybody could overhear us, and then realizing that I didn't care. Could just analyzing the alcohol have affected my judgment? The hankers bought them all, and they may even be on the way to take possession tonight. We'll talk more about it at the meeting, but the immediate issue is your daycare. I don't want you going in tomorrow. Are you saying that as my mission commander or as my boyfriend? I couldn't believe how quickly this relationship business was getting out of hand. Next thing should be designing wedding invitations and picking out a dress. But I had an obligation to ensure both her safety and the integrity of our mission. So following Ebeth's advice, I said the opposite of what I thought made the most sense. Your boyfriend. Okay, Mark, she said. I'll start calling the parents and tell them to bring their children into Lily's tomorrow. Will you have to go there and help? No, though I'd like to if you think it's okay. The way I set up my exit plan, I really only have to call Lily and tell her that I'm going. She has my client list and all the contact information for my employees. Lily has that much space in her home? I thought it was just the first floor where her parents used to sell fake antiques to tourists. As a small businessman, I've always paid attention to the other small businesses in the area. I wasn't convinced Lily could absorb Sue's daycare on such short notice. Her daycare just moved into one of Justin's new buildings and there's plenty of room, Sue said. It's part of his goal to house senior citizens with a broader mix of the population. The next phase is to bring in whole families. Justin is raising that much money from his elderly clients? Sue looked a little uncomfortable. He was going to tell you himself, but he's been converting his Bitcoin stash into real estate and deeding it to living independently together. It's sort of his own exit plan. Makes sense, I said. What are you going to do with the Bitcoin you mined? I was thinking of leaving it to my cats if I can't take them with me. Now there was an idea I hadn't thought of. I had already set up a trust fund for Ebeth, and I knew she would take care of Spot, but maybe it would be a good idea to put some Bitcoin in the dog's name as well, especially since the tax situation for cryptocurrencies remained unclear. Next to me, Ebeth and Helen were congratulating each other. I glanced at the TV, and whatever monster the dungeon boss had started as was now reduced to a pile of smoldering bones. Do I have time to run back to the college and do an observation, Helen asked? I appreciate your commitment to the mission, but the reports have all been submitted and Kim is returning with the Executive Council's decision in less than an hour, I reminded her. Observations for my comet, she said. Do you think they'll let me name it? Oh, probably. Just wait until after the meeting. What meeting, Ebeth asked. I considered telling her the one she wasn't invited to, but instead I said, downstairs, in 55 minutes. Cool. Can I make something to eat? Try not to get in the way of the cooks, and find something for Spot. He's going to miss his dinner.
Kind of getting slammed over here, boss, Donovan called to us. Sue had moved to a corner table and was busy contacting all of the parents who used her daycare. A quick bit of eavesdropping informed me that she was attributing the sudden change to the dodgy new management at the mall. I moved behind the bar and spent an enjoyable 45 minutes mixing drinks for the dinner rush, while Helen insisted on reading off the news streaming across the bottom of the muted TV. Protests break out in India over rumors that the government will buy up gold jewelry to boost the country's participation in the private faster-than-light consortium. UN Security Council votes to regulate artificial intelligence across national borders. NBA trading deadline approaching. Stay tuned for details. Not helpful, I told her. I know, she said. I've been betting the NBA season online and I only just found out the teams can still change players. There should be a law or something. There is a law. Against sports betting online. Hey, I'm from Australia, she said. It doesn't apply to me. And resumed reading the news. YouTube video shows Jeep climbing unidentified building. Something clicked and I accessed the internet to confirm my suspicion. Sure enough, the shaky video that was obviously taken at extreme range on a phone showed a Jeep driving up the side of a small apartment building. The focus wasn't good enough to make out fine details, but the skinny driver, the petite passenger with the green hair, and the dog in the back wearing the seatbelt were a dead giveaway. Paul arrived and bellied up to the bar, his eyes moving to the top shelf. I'll have a Glen something. I don't care which as long as it's older than Ebeth. Sorry, meeting's about to start and I need you sober, I told him. Are you all set, Donovan? The rush is over, and in any case, you wanted me to start training the new waitstaff to mix drinks, he said. Not thinking of replacing me, are you? Actually, there's another bartender slot opening up at the resort where Jessie is working. Pay is out of this world, and she thinks you'll really love it there. We'll talk later. I went over and sat at Sue's table while Paul headed downstairs, followed by Helen and Ebeth. My lecture about everybody showing up at exactly the same time had borne fruit, because it was another minute before Stacy von Hoffman arrived, and Justin was a full minute behind her. As in sixty seconds later, to the millisecond. I sighed and played back the previous two minutes, discovering that Stacy had walked in exactly sixty seconds behind Paul. I waited for Sue to finish her phone call before telling her, I'm heading down to my office. Wait a minute, no, fifty seconds, and then follow. She nodded and switched over to sending text messages. I made my way over to the employees-only door and took a casual look around the dining room. There wasn't a stranger in the place, which is the nice thing about running an established business in a small town. I nodded to a couple of customers who caught my eye, and strangely, both responded with the Vulcan split-finger salute. When I got downstairs, Spot abandoned his place next to the furnace to follow me into my office, probably hoping for a chance to cause mischief. I've been filling everybody in on the real estate news, Paul said as I entered. If the hankers establish a permanent base, it will drive up all of the property prices in the area, Justin commented. It looks like my purchases for the project were a good investment. Watch out for real estate taxes, I warned him. We're a non-profit. It was a lot of paper to get set up, but it saves a ton of money in the long run. Sue came in and sat on the corner of my desk just as the brick wall began to blur. The portal opened from the other side and for a moment we were all treated to a view of the insane beehive of activity that was the League's administrative center. Then Kim stepped through. Good? Bad? I asked immediately. Medium, she said. You know portal engineers and their obsession with the history of science and technology on newly discovered planets. They geeked out over the railroads and decided to open a portal in every major train station around the world. 
Who takes trains, Ebeth said dismissively. They should put the portals at airports. Trains are very popular outside your country, and they don't get into as many accidents overseas either, Kim said. Actually, the portal engineers couldn't figure out how they get into so many accidents here, but I explained about smartphones and texting, and they agreed that must be it. And keep in mind that portal traffic is bi-directional, Paul told Ebeth. Many of the tourists will be larger than your commercial airliners can handle, and they won't fit in taxis either. Major train stations tend to be located in downtown areas that tourists will want to visit, and then they can take trains to other destinations. Trains have bigger seats than airplanes, Ebeth asked. I always thought that planes were more luxurious. That's because you've never traveled, I told her. And tourists visiting other worlds tend to bring a lot of food with them, so all the extra baggage charges for air travel won't fly. The council was initially leaning towards approving just a few portals in the major population centers, but our library representative offered to finance the difference, Kim told us. That also broke the logjam, since most of the members will vote for anything that comes without a price tag. The engineers already have the math worked out, and they're lining up the dimensional connections, but they'll wait for our word to go online. I reminded myself to send my mentor a gift as soon as I could come up with something for the AI who has everything. Maybe Sue would have a suggestion. Was delegating gift shopping an option now that we had a human-style relationship thing? Even if your engineers put the portals in thousands of train stations, the governments, wherever they are, will show up and seize control, Ebess said. I bet they'll think you're planning an invasion. Not if we agree to their terms, I said. Sue had an idea about that. I'll be contacting governments around the world tomorrow to open negotiations. You must be kidding, Kim said. The Executive Council doesn't care what anybody on this planet thinks. But the people in charge here don't know that. I'll make up some nonsense about how due to interstellar alignments, we need to get the deal done and open the portals this week. I'll tell them that otherwise the window of opportunity will close and they'll have to wait centuries for the next chance. That might motivate the governments enough to come to the table, but how can you negotiate what's already been set? It doesn't matter where the negotiations start as long as they end up at what the council has already approved, I pointed out. The same governments just let a giant talking panda and some self-elected elites dictate the terms for bringing faster-than-light travel to the planet. Maybe we can do the same thing and have the negotiations handled by the scientific community. I have somebody in mind. What's wrong with the portal wall? Ebeth asked. I looked over and saw that dust from the old lime-based mortar was starting to cascade over the bricks as if the whole foundation was vibrating. My first thought was an earthquake, and I tapped into the nearest seismic stations to see if anything was registering. Then I checked the Strategic Air Command and nothing showed up, but the local Doppler weather radar made the cause of the rumbles obvious. Paul beat me to the punch. The hankers found the weak spot in my detection grid and managed to slip through cloaked, he said, looking angry and embarrassed at the same time. They came in without the pyrotechnics and used the old atmospheric displacement trick to protect the lander from heat. The vibrations are from the sound their rockets made when they fired up. Why bother with rockets now? Sue asked. Probably marking their turf, but they're going to melt the parking lot if they aren't careful. Still, it's not like them to put on a show when there's nobody watching. The intercom on my desk phone beeped and I hit the conference button. You'll want to get up here, boss, Donovan said. Those aliens are landing at the mall and it's on TV. Why didn't it show up on any of the news feeds we monitor, Paul asked me as we all followed Ebeth back upstairs. I'll bet they contacted the local network affiliate and the station manager decided to keep it under his hat to get an exclusive, I replied. With the aliens landing in our backyard, 
the local media will have one shot at fame before the big boys take over. The TV over the bar showed the hanker lander settling towards the mall, but the picture was jerking all over the place since the cameraman had stayed way back for safety's sake and was shooting telephoto. For a minute it wasn't clear how the lander was going to avoid damaging the mall, and then it became obvious that torching the place was their intention. The ship settled onto the now-burning structure like a giant dragon looking for a warm place to nap. Pretty impressive, the lieutenant commented when we gathered behind his stool at the bar. Technically, the mall isn't within town lines, but I suppose I better get out there. Seems like a waste to pay seven million dollars for a place and then burn it to the ground, Paul said. Is that what it cost, the lieutenant asked, rising to his feet. I was a little kid when they built the mall, and commercial construction is only good for thirty years at best. Looks like the hankers just saved themselves a ton on demolition costs. I'll bet the county fines them for setting a fire without a permit, though. I sure hope that somebody warned the security guards. Oh, they all got fired Friday, Sue informed us. The site sergeant stopped in to say goodbye. I didn't think anything of it at the time because the mall management is always changing security guard companies. This concludes Chapter 17 of Touring Test by E.M. Foner.